Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to see a lot of you. It's good to see a lot of you coming back. It's good to see you. Glad we didn't scare nobody off last week or the week before. I'll try harder today. Amen. 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 All right. I'd like to start with a quote. Here's the, here's the quote. Um, on love... Regarding love, the truth is this. Love, love is not determined by the one being loved, but rather by the one choosing to love. I know that's, that's too heavy, but, but try to wrap, wrap, wrap your eyes. Love is not determined by the one being loved. It's not the one that's being loved that determines the kind of love. Love is determined rather by the one choosing to love. So Father, we just thank you today that your love transforms us. We thank you, God, that your love fills our broken places and makes them stronger, God. We thank you that your love makes us whole. It completes us. We thank you that you love us unconditionally, that you love us with a special love. That, Father, we ask right now that we may be teachable, that we may be humble today, that we may say, uh, we, God, I'm, I'm, I'm open, God, to, to have you correct some things in me. I'm open to have you challenge some things in me. Let that be our prayer today, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. If you're just joining us, yeah. If you're just joining us, we're walking through a series titled First Love, and, and it's a, a walk through the book of Ephesians. And our focus for the last couple of weeks has been the second half of Ephesians. It's funny, it's been the, the faster I want to get through it, the longer it's taking. Ephesians is only six chapters. I've been preaching on this for four years. It just feels that way. I, I don't know. So the last, that we've been focusing the, the last couple of weeks on the, the second half of Ephesians. And we've already said the second half of Ephesians is our part. It's, it's, it's our, our role, what we're called to do. The first half is God's part. And, and the first half is beautiful. It's God's part. He's a good father. He set us up to succeed. He's given us everything we need for life and, and godliness. Man, if you ever want to be encouraged, read Ephesians 1 through 3. He, we have love right from the start. He's chosen us. We have forgiveness. We have redemption. We have adoption. There's the giving of gifts. And then there's the most radical and powerful of all gifts. He gives us the Spirit of God, the Comforter, to dwell in us. And, and listen, that is definitely, we definitely undervalue and we're underawed by that for sure. So be, be, let, let me give you a picture of that again because hopefully this will stick. Because listen, nothing else matters more than you getting this. Okay? 
In the Old Testament, the, the temple that God chooses to dwell in taught us how special that place was. It taught us how special, how specific the place where God dwells had to be. It had to be built a certain way. It had to be built of a certain thing. It had to be a certain... So the the, the Old Testament temple, there was a meeting place outside. There was a porch area. And and people would gather. It was for those that were seeking. People would gather and they would be taught there. They were were met there. And then there was an outer court. which A little deeper in, there was an outer court. In that outer court, there's places, there's all altars of of sacrifice because remember the closer you get to God the more you need to have your sins forgiven the cleaner you need to be and so there was altars of of to sacrifice to to atone for our sins right because the wages of sin is death and so so there, there had to be death there had to be sacrifice and so there was the outer court and then there was you go in deeper and there was an inner court that was just for priests and in there, and then there was a, an altar and a slaughter room. And behind all of that, there was a special room called the Holy of Holies. And that was separated from everything else by a temple curtain. And that's where the Spirit of God dwelled. And no one but a high priest could go past that. And that was even only once a year to make atonement for, for us, for, for, for God's people. And when Christ died, when he said it is finished, the temple curtain was torn in two from the top to the bottom. Come on. And so it allowing us access into the very place where God dwelled and, and such access that those temples will no longer be necessary. Because the Holy Spirit of God will no longer dwell in just those places. Come on. Now, even before Solomon's temple, God revealed his glory in the tent of meeting or the tabernacle, which he had Moses construct when he was leading his people into freedom, leading his people. It it was there that God would come and dwell and meet with his people. It was there that the pillar of cloud would appear over and stand at the entrance of the tent, uh, Exodus 33. And the Lord, it was there that the Lord would speak to Moses. It was there that the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tent it was there that's exodus 40 and it was there the tabernacle was where the people of israel were drawn near to hear from god to worship god to stand in his presence when the cloud moved they moved just like that when the cloud stopped they stopped The the glory of God was the indicator that you were in the presence of God, that you were in the will of God. And so when the cloud moved, you moved with it. And that's where the Shekinah of God would rest and meet people. The New Testament temple is not a tent or a building, it's a people. Mm. So Jesus is saying, ultimately, that the place where people come to learn of God, to hear from God, to be forgiven, that, that to have their sins atoned for, that place where people would come for guidance, for direction from God, to rest in His presence, to sit in His glory, is no longer found in tents or buildings made by man, but is found in Christ. Christ is the fulfillment of the Old Testament temple. Okay? You, you're getting the picture. And now, when Jesus ascended, where does the Spirit of God now rest? 
He says, I'm going to send you a comforter. The Holy Spirit of God. Peter says it this way. You and I were living stones being built into a spiritual house. Please, I know this is a little teaching, but, 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 but please grasp this. You, we need this. First Peter, he says, we're a chosen people. We're a royal priesthood. We're a holy nation. We're God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. First Peter 2.9. In Ephesians 2, it says, in him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too, me too, us are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. You and I are living stones being built into a spiritual house where God dwells. That's why we walk different. That's why it matters how I live. It matters how you live. That's why it matters how I talk. It matters how I move. It matters how I treat people. Because I am the temple of the living God. Are are you with me this morning? Look, the sacred, look, this is crazy. The sacred resides in the secular, calling the secular to be sacred. Just walk out the door if you got that. You're done. What more can I give you? The sacred resides in the secular, the flesh, calling, causing the secular to be sacred. Holiness is transferred by love. Somebody should, somebody, somebody should run around the building. That's, come on. So, so, it, and so, so it, 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 it goes to, to reason why Jesus would tell his followers, be holy because I'm holy. Now, listen, you could just be visiting. You could be like, yo, 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 I didn't sign up for all of that. I just want to come to church when I'm feeling down and get lifted. You came to the wrong dealer if all you want to do is get lifted. Some, some of you might be, nah, listen, I'm not about that whole royal priesthood, royal nation stuff. I'm, I'm just trying to be a little spiritual. I just want a little God in my life. Anybody heard that? I just want a little God in my life. The thing is, I can't give you a little God. I can't give you a little God because my God... My God is too big. My, and, and I can't give you a little and he won't settle for a little bit of you either. So let's do this. Let's decide today. I really felt to do this. I tried to cut this out of my nose 80 times last night. But I really felt I had to do this. This is for somebody. Somebody needs this. You have two choices today. Simple. I don't care how long you've been here. I don't care if this is your first time. You have two choices today. Young people, listen up. You can put your, your, your I was going to say Walkmans. I'm old. Oh, man, I'm so old. You can put your Walkmans back on later. And teenagers are like, what's a Walkman? What, what is that? Oh, that's embarrassing. 
But please, please, what I'm saying is put your phones down. Put your phones away for a minute. Put, put it, and just listen to this for, for, for three minutes, and then you can go back to the gram, all right, and taking pictures and selfies and, and doing all that. Listen, two choices today. Either there is no God. Bottom line, right? Either there's no God, there's no designer, there's no creator, which means if there's no design, if there's no creator, you have no purpose. Let's be clear. If there's no design, if there's no creator, you have no purpose. That's why your life feels meaningless. Because there's no purpose for you, there's no purpose for anyone, there's no hope for a purpose. It's really survival of the fittest. And and you have to accept that if you're going to accept this. Because if there was no designer, then we, you and I, we were just a cosmic accident. Some rock hit another rock, boom! The rest of the universe lined up perfectly in order and orbit each other. Boom! The perfect conditions and measurements of oxygen, hydrogen, carbon dioxide, ozone, water, land, uh, by chance over millions and millions of years formed to create a perfect environment for life. By chance. Boom! Life crawled out of the sea and evolved and separated and created sexes. I don't know why it created sexes, but it created sexes, male and female. We're, we're, even now we're trying to blur that again, but boom! Reproduction parts just happened. Don't ask me how. Luckily the parts fit. <laughs> Say amen. Amen. Fortunately for us, there's green plants. And green plants take in carbon dioxide that we breathe out and they release oxygen that we breathe in. So that worked out pretty nicely for an accident. But we have no purpose. Because we're just evolved animals that were created by chance. So any spirituality that we may have is made up. Because there is no, if there's no God, there's no spiritual, there's no higher authority. There's nothing, because that would, uh, spirituality and a higher authority would suggest God. And if there's no God, there's no higher authority. So just worship trees. Smoke them, worship them. It doesn't matter because that's all you got. Be nice to each other. Listen to the stars. Make stuff up about, you know, read your horoscopes. Because there's nothing else. If there's no God, there's nothing else. Or, second choice. Say, uh uh-oh. Or, there is a God. Wait, wait, wait. Why are we clapping? Wait, there's two choices. Or there is a God who beautifully designed and created everything around us. A designer who can afford to waste colors and patterns on the back of a pigeon's neck. A creator who's so amazing that, that, that he can put patterns and dots and stripes and beautiful colors on an animal or fish that lives under the sea that we don't even look at, that we can't even see. But yet they're so beautiful that we buy them, put them in tanks, and it's art to look at these beautiful fish. Hmm. A designer who perfectly created symbiotic relationships between us and nature and, and the world around us. And if that's the case, listen, just like everything else that we design has a purpose, if that's the case, everything we are is filled with purpose. We have purpose and our role and our instilled instinct is in us to find that purpose and to be about it. 
That's why we're always trying to find ourselves. The thing is, we were created to worship, so worship is what we're going to do. That's why when you don't worship God, you'll worship anything. Sex, drugs, power. Um, we'll worship anything. Why? Because we're created to worship. It's in you. You have to worship. Fight me on that. No, I don't. Yes, you do. And, and we'll just talk about your life for one week and I'll show you what you worship. The choice is simple. The consequence is eternal. So either live like there's no God or live like there is one. But if the evidence is overwhelming and you believe that there has to be a great creator and this awesome designer, then you cannot ignore that if he created you, he's bigger than you. And he knows more than you. And what he says goes. And he's in control. And we have to stop trying to control him and make him in our image and tell him what to do and tell him where he can fit into my life and stop thinking that we can live anything, anyhow, any way we please. Because if there is a God, then I challenge you today, submit to him. Throw your hands up. Give up. And if we're the sons and daughters of this God, then we walk different. Accept that today. If we're the temple of God, the dwelling place of the Almighty, then people come to us to hear from God. Do you understand the responsibility that that is? Christianity is so casual today, and we're so casual about... No, if, if we are the temple of God, if God is in us, then people come to us to hear about God. Then people come to us to, to have their sins forgiven by God. Then people come to us to have guidance and leadership and encouragement and strength from God. Then people come to us to worship God. So when people see us, they should see Him. But you can't have it both ways. People are bothered right now. Say, we're doing Ephesians. What are we, doing? What are we talking about? You can't, this is for somebody. Somebody needs to hear this, so just bear with it. Amen? You can't have it both ways. You can't say, I believe there's a God. I believe there's a higher power that created us, obviously. But I want to worship differently than what he wants. And, to, you know, I want to do things my way. I want to, I'll tell him where, where he fits in my life. I'll tell him what he can do. I'll tell him, no, listen, it, it, you know, I want to do it my way. To quote the rock, I'll put it this way. It doesn't matter what you want. It doesn't matter what you want. You are the created, not the creator. Can we put things in perspective? When did we become? All right, God, I'll let you. I'll let you work in this area. I'll let you work in this area. It's like a roach telling you what part of your house you can live in. How many of you put up with that? Oh, no, don't go into that room. The roach said that's his house. No, I pay rent. I know. Yeah, but that's his room. Amen? But grace, grace stops. Grace stops God from doing this to us every day. Every day. Every time we harden our heart. Every time we get cold. Every time we, we talk. Grace stops the smash. Amen? But you can't have it both ways. Okay, let's pick up where we left off in Ephesians 5. 
the captain has left out the no seatbelt sign on because this ride might get bumpy and we might experience some turbulence. Let's put up Ephesians 5 up there. Let's put it up in the message for a minute. I, I love the way this, it says it this way. Ephesians 5, watch what God does. And then you do it. Another version says, be imitators of God. Another one says, follow his example. Watch what God does and then you do it like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. <clears throat> Mostly what God does is love you. Wow. Mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious but extravagant. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. Say amen. He didn't love us in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. Here's the rough part. Love like that. God is saying, love like that. Live like that. Walk like that. So, so Paul says, watch what God does and then you do it. Watch the way he loves you and then love like that. Now, in the English language, we're, we're very limited here. So let me, let me, let me give you an example. In, in the English language, we're, we're, we're limited. And so I'm not trying to sound smart, but I had to study to, to find how it was written and why. In the English language, it, we sound like this. Let me give you an example. I, I love my wife. I mean, she's beautiful, right? Look at her. I love my kids. They're just as gorgeous. They're back there. I love the church. I love oatmeal cookies. I love coffee. I love chocolate. Sometimes I love Swiss cheese. I love my grandkids. They're beautiful. They're in the back over there, all 1,900 of them. I love my grand, and lately I love gummy bears. Well, I didn't expect that. See, the problem is I just use the same word for 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 uh, uh, kids and cookies, as if my feelings and my emotions were the same, equal for both. Like, if you had to choose cookies or your kids, which one? That, that's tough. Just kidding. See, but it's different in the Greek in which this was written. See, there are a few words. The Greek language has a few words for love that Paul could have used. And so the one he chose matters. Listen, in Greek there's a word called eros. And eros is, is a passionate love. It's a, it's a love that leads to passion. It's, we get our word erotic from there. Eros. So if I said I eros oatmeal cookies... I'd be a little bit of a freak, right? I'd be a little, okay, puppy. You just wouldn't use that word for that, right? There's, there's philia, which is, is like Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. That's where we get that. Philia is, is a love between friends that's close, like brothers, right? That, that's a different kind of love, right? It's a different, and there's others as well, the sorge, there's different, there's different one. But the one Paul uses here, which matters, is agape. And if you look in a Greek lexicon, I don't pretend I know Greek, I'm Cuban, I, I know nothing, but, but I study, amen? So in the Greek lexicon, it defines agape as this, agape is a selfless, unconditional love. 
It's a sacrificial love, a love that hurts, a love that gives. It's a sacrificial, it's a benevolent love, meaning it means well. And its benevolence is not shown by doing what the person being loved desires, but what the one who loves deems as needed. Mm. Example, God so loved agape, the world, that he gave his son. So he didn't give man what man wanted, but what man needed. As God perceived his need, namely his son who brought the forgiveness of sin, man's ultimate need. Man needed forgiveness to have union with God. So God, in his agape love, didn't give us what we wanted, gave us what... Ain't Ain't you happy sometimes God don't give you what you wanted? How many knuckleheads will be sitting next to you right now? <laughs> Hating me, dying to get out of here. If, anyway, so agape is a selfless love. Agape is a love that exists, this is beautiful, regardless of changing circumstances. Oh, man. It's easy to love people when they're nice, right? It's easy to love when you're loved back. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, I love you. I love you too. I love you more. How many of you been in that, right? Isn't it nice when you and your wife are like that? You're in that kind of, I love you. I love you more. It's like four texts, you know. I love you more than that. Infinity and I'm done. I won. And then sometimes you don't even want to talk. When the situation changes. Because he, didn't, he left his socks or his underwear on, on, in the bathroom floor. Now, I don't get that, I love you more. It's like, yeah, okay, thank you, I love you too. It's different, amen? But, but, but God, the agape love, loves even with changing circumstances. Agape is a term that defines God's immeasurable, incomparable love for humankind. He didn't love, Ephesians 5 says, in order to get something from us, but to give everything, to give something to us. Paul's word to the church, love like that. Here's the rough part, as if that wasn't tough enough. To love like that, we have to walk like this. Look what the next verse says. Let's put that up, Ephesians 5, 3 in the ESV. To love like that, we have to walk like this. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetedness that's wanting and being greed and jealousy, wanting everything that everybody else has, must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, no foolish talk, no crude joking, which is out of place, but instead talk thanksgiving. The message puts it so poetically. I love it. The, the message is like a, like, like a poem. It says this way, don't allow love to turn into lust. <coughs> That's so beautiful, right? God gave us love. God gave us sexuality. He's saying, if you put things in the proper place, it's beautiful. But don't allow love to turn into lust. Setting off a downhill slide into sexual promiscuity, into filthy practices, into bullying greed. Though some tongues love the taste of gossip, Christians have better uses for language than that. Don't talk dirty. Don't talk silly. That kind of talk doesn't fit our style. Thanksgiving is our dialect. Wow. 
Thanksgiving is the talk of where we're from. That's our dialect. Amen? Verse 5. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, don't be partners with them. Listen, we don't talk a lot about the wrath of God. Because we want to, you know, we, we want to hear about his love. Amen. And because for years people have been beaten over the head with legalism and, and wrath. And they've gotten this improper picture of God. But we have to understand, listen, the cross is just, is about the wrath of God just as much as it is about his love. And so the word of God is instructing us here to truly walk different. We have to love like that. Paul is saying to love like that, we have to be walking in the spirit. There can't be any of this kind of nonsense in us. Paul reminds us, verse 8, for at one time you were darkness. I know none of you, but at one time he's saying some people used to walk in darkness. You used to walk in this stuff. Come on, say amen. But now you are the light in the world in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Man, I, I don't know about you, but Ephesians, this is radical. He's saying, no more. You used to walk in darkness. Don't walk in darkness no more. I know this isn't a cuddly, feel-good message. You're not going to leave here saying, oh man, I feel so encouraged. But if you feel convicted, don't get mad. Don't get mad. God, God convicts those he loves, right? A good father will correct those, the kids that he loves. The kids that he doesn't love, he says, hey, go, do whatever you want. Have fun. Knock yourself out. He says, walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. I love that he puts it this way, try to discern what's pleasing. What does that mean? That means we're, never, we're not going to always get it right. Amen? Can we loosen up a minute for now? Can we just like, oh, I thought I had to knock this out every second of the day. Oh, I can mess up. I can I can fail. I could get things wrong sometimes. He says, trying to discern. I mean, we, we, when, when we say we love like that, that means we should be trying to do this, man. We should be trying to walk different. We should, it doesn't mean we're going to get it all right. David prayed, God, show me the right path. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me, for you're my God who saves me all day long. I put my hope in you, Psalm 25. So if David prayed that he'd have direction, how much... I mean, we need it, right? Romans 12, it says we have to renew our mind so you'll be able to discern what's good and what's pleasing as what's the perfect will of God. Let's move on, 5.15. So look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Wow. Are we painting a picture? of what's going on in, in, in Ephesus and what's going on today. The days are evil. Can, can we, anybody, I mean, you don't have to believe God to know that. 
He's telling us we have to work on this. Amen? Verse 17, let's move on. It, it just, he's going to hit every area. Listen, listen. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. People look at this and say, oh, he says don't get drunk with wine. So vodka's good, though. But he didn't say nothing about that. So a blunt is all right. Because it doesn't mention that, right? See, the, what you have to get is, is the thought behind the thing. What he's, what he's saying here is, is the point is when we get filled with too much wine, when we get filled with too much vodka, with too much weed, with any other mind-altering substance, we walk different. Say amen if you understand that. Say amen if you've... Amen! I know some of y'all are just saints. I know, you know. No, no, thank you, Pastor. I don't uh, partake. We walk. So Paul is saying, don't let, watch what this really is because it, it, we could get this twisted, you know, and say, oh, I can't have. No, listen, you can have. Uh, anyway, let me not give you whatever. Paul is saying this, don't let something, this is really the key, this is what this verse is saying, this is what matters. Paul is saying, don't let something outside of you get so in you that it controls you. Wow. 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 That's the same with anything. That's lust. That's sex. That's, don't let something outside of you get so in you that it controls you. Instead, he says, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Come on. Be filled with the Spirit. Then look, look, what it, look at the picture it gives <coughs> of what happens when you're filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit and address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always. Does that sound like this brother's lifted? Sing songs, speak it in hymns and songs and spiritual, making melody to the Lord in your heart, amen? See, that's the high we got to be walking in, and there's no hangovers, there's no bad consequences, there's no negative side effects, and there's no baby daddies. Got through that one. So let me sum this up because I know it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot, right? Sometimes the word is intense. Not sometimes, the word is intense. Amen? It's, see, that's why we can't, we have to be careful. And, and even, you know, as a ministry team, as a, as a, as a preaching team, we got to be careful that we don't preach messages where we're just picking scriptures that we like. Because you can get scripture to say anything you want to do. Right? But when you go through a book... You have to read what's there. And you can't skip the parts that's uncomfortable. Because if you skip it, then you don't have the full gospel. You don't have the full truth. So it's hard when you, right? Okay, but, but let me kind of sum up where we're at so far. Basically, the word of the Lord for us in Ephesians can be broken down into three easy steps. How many people like easy steps, right? Three things that we need to do to live this word. If we're going to live for God, if we're going to learn how to please Him, three things we're going to have to wrestle with. Give me those, those three, three closing things. We're going to have to walk in unity. We're going to have to walk in holiness. And we're going to have to walk in love. 
Simple piece of cake. Now, not one of those is easy, but they're all necessary. None of them are easy, but we've been called and equipped to walk like that and love like that. Amen? Worship team, you guys could come up. Let's talk about these, these, these things real quick. I'll I get through one or two maybe. Unity. Unity. Let me hit on that for those of you that missed it before the summer. It's about each one of us working together as if we were one. I don't know why that's such a hard thing for the church to do. But obviously it is because it's talked about in the scriptures so much. And because if you've been to church twice, you know unity is a big thing. It's a hard thing. Right? There's these people on this side talking about those people on that side. These people on the front talking about those on the back. These people judging these. These are judging those. This is just Bochinche Central up in church. And that's a church of 10 people. That's when there's only 10 and 4 cousins. Bochin, this one ain't talking to this one. But that's your cousin. I don't care. I hate him. So I don't know who she thinks she is. She thinks she's better than everybody. Unity is about working together as if we were one. Sharing gifts. Encouraging one another. Rejoicing with each other. Suffering with each other. It's about humility. It's about saying, putting somebody before you. It's about putting somebody's needs before your needs. It's about, it's about caring. It's about gentleness. It's about patience. We can't be tearing one another up. We can't be bringing division. Listen, if you're the one, let me warn you right now. If you're the one that, that goes around talking to people about other people just to put a thought in somebody's mind about somebody understand you might as well be dressed in red with a tail and pit, a pitchfork and horns on your head because you are being used of the devil ay 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 that got ugly but I just want to expose you because you have to understand we think we, we think that that's just common we see it at work we do it everywhere else we just talk to somebody about somebody no you know I don't know because yeah you know Pastor was talking about it, but you know, and, and you don't understand what you're doing is sowing division. And then all of a sudden, you're still friends with this one, and you're still friends with this one, but these two hate each other, and they won't come to the same church anymore. Thank you. That was you. Unity. That goes for talking about the church. When, listen, when people come, there's people here from all kinds of churches. When they come and tell me, no, you know, I came from this church. I say, okay, hold up, stop. It's cool. Every church is not for every person. That's the beauty that there's churches here. Uh, I don't like that over there. I like this here. I feel comfortable here. That's beautiful. Doesn't mean this is wrong. That's wrong. This is the only one that's getting it right. When we have that attitude, we, we lost. Amen? So the first thing I tell, all right, whoa, whoa. I don't need to know a whole lot of... Stuff, God, you feel God has you here? That's beautiful. Amen. We welcome you. We love you. I know that pastor loved that guy, or I don't even know who that is, but it's fine. Amen? Unity means showing grace to one another. When we don't show grace, it's only because we've forgotten the grace that we've been shown. Nothing surprises me more than, than we, when you have somebody that's been shown so much grace. They came, walked in here a mess. And they've, then they gave their hearts to the Lord, man, and they're walking right and they're changing. Nothing surprises me more than when that person starts judging other people. And, you know, I don't want to play the enemy role and come at them and say, Papa, you remember where you came from? 
you remember when you walked in here, the stuff you were doing? You know, I don't want to bring up people's past. That's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's wicked. But it surprises me every time. When we forget the grace that God has shown us, we don't walk in grace. Unity means we walk in grace. Paul says we're one body with many parts. That's such a beautiful picture. Only in church have I ever caught my arms given my legs issues. I don't know about you, but I've never woke up that caught my arm choking my leg out. Never. In church, I've seen it though. Jesus says we're connected and we should remain in the vine. And he says if we remain in the vine, there'll be fruit. Church, if you're not seeing any fruit, if you're not seeing any growth, if you're not seeing any gifts, before you blame the preacher, before you blame the teacher, before you even blame the church, remember, you could be in church and not be church. (coughs) You could be at church... Every week, religiously, open up. Every time the door opens, you're showing up. Hey, what's going on today? We're cleaning. All right, got to go. You could be at church and not be in church. Examine yourself. Find, our, find your power cord, your connection, and make sure it's plugged in. I can't tell you so many of the IT issues that I get called for at work is simply because the thing got unplugged. They call me on screen. My, my screen isn't working. First thing I say, there's a little light on the bottom. Do you see that light? I don't know what you're talking about. I don't see no light. Okay. Look on the floor there. See the search strip where things are plugged into? Is there a light on that thing? No. Okay. Click. Oh, my screen is working. I don't know what you did. If it's not connected, it won't work. Church, we just had 30 people, over 30 people the other day come on, come, come on the team and get plugged in as interns in almost every area of ministry. That's amazing. That was amazing. We added like 30 people to the ministry team. That means there's only like four of you here that are not doing anything. What are you waiting for? A fruit will never reach maturity and become ready unless it's connected to the vine. Even a lamp can't shine unless it's plugged in. Hello. And when you're plugged in, you start walking in unity. And when you're walking in unity, you start to see the fruits of the Spirit in your life. There's love, there's joy, there's peace, there's forbearance, there's kindness, there's goodness, there's faithfulness, there's gentleness, there's, there's self-control. You can't walk in the next walk without walking in this one. You can't walk in holiness without walking in unity. You'd be a Pharisee. The Pharisees walked in holiness, so they thought, we're trying to keep every law, but they didn't even recognize Jesus when he was in front of them. You can't walk in holiness without walking in unity. You need the fruits of the Spirit. Let me touch real quick on holiness. Let's let's not look at holiness as something that we can't touch. Amen? That's for Mother Teresa or some old person. 
Let's not look at holiness. Listen, I'm a mess. You're a mess. You might be a mess. We're all a mess, but we're deeply loved by God. Amen? And he said in the beginning of this joint, in Ephesians 1, he says, Long before he laid down earth's foundation, he had us in mind and settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. What makes us whole and holy? The love of God. Paul broke it down for us. He says, don't walk like you used to walk. He tells us in 4.22, put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and be renewed in your mind. Put on the new self created in the likeness of God. Come on, amen? See, the Bible wasn't written to be studied. It was written to be followed. The word tells us, walk in truth, man. Your words matter. Your attitudes matter. Don't stay angry. Don't lie. Don't speak. Speak truth. That's practicing holiness. When you and I are walking in our gifts, when we're walking in unity, we're walking in holiness. It's about defining what holiness is, right? We have this thing like holiness, only, only a saint, only... No, we walk... When you and I are walking in our gifts, we're walking in unity, we're walking in holiness. When you're using the gifts that God gave you and walking in them, there's a holiness in that. Listen, if you're still struggling to walk right, to change habits, struggling to please God with your lifestyle, that's a good struggle. That means you're still spiritually alive. Amen? I know some of you are feeling hurt right now. You're like, I don't know because I know. Listen, that's a good struggle. If I'm still struggling to break habits, I'm still struggling to get things right. I'm still struggling to not slip and, and, and use colorful language. I'm still struggling to, that's good. That means there's the spirit of God in you. You're still struggling. You're still spiritually alive. When you don't care, you're cold. That's when you got to look around and see if you're plugged in or not. Amen? I don't want to, I'm not bringing shame and, and God, I don't want you to leave here guilty. I want you to leave here encouraged. The word says when we're new creations in Christ, but too often we walk like the old creation. Maybe it's what we're used to. Maybe it's the easier path most of the time. Maybe it's because we're surrounding ourselves with the people that we're surrounding ourselves with keep bringing us back. Sometimes you got to change your circle. Young people, Sometimes you have to change your... Listen, maybe we need to fast to break the hold that some things have on us. Maybe we need to change the diet of the stuff we're feeding on. Young people, one more time, put the Instagram down. Put your Walkman away for a second. One more time. If all you're listening to, and this is not just young people, because a lot of us old people are listening to the same garbage that they're listening to. But, I'm sorry, but... If all you're listening to is, I can't even repeat some of the stuff. I can't. But you know. You know. If that's all you're hearing all day, you're going to act it out. Music, this sounds, this sounds like, a, like a, I'm an old man talking about. Music is a gateway drug. 
Because if you put this on all the time, say, I'm not doing that. I ain't sleeping around. I ain't banging this. I ain't banging that. I ain't doing this. I ain't doing But you're listening to that. Oh, you know every lyric. You know it more than you know any scripture. You know it more than any. And so that becomes truth in you. That's coming out of you. What's in your heart, that's what comes out. Out of the heart, the mouth starts to speak. And that's why you start to loose. And that's why things start to come forward. And that's why you start to feel. And then you surround yourself. And then your friends are saying, what? Yeah, come on, you ain't do that before. I do that. Come on, you don't do that. We all do that. What are you stupid? Oh, you're a church girl and you start getting labeled. Oh, you're a church boy. Yeah, yeah, I'm a church boy. Yes. I'm the spirit of the living God. And all that means, listen, I know that's hard to do, but all that means is when your knucklehead friends get messed up, when your knucklehead friends are, are down and who they know what church to come to. They know to come to you. They know that the temple of God, they're going to come and find God. They're going to come and find direction. They're gonna, but if you don't do it, who's going to do it? Look around at your dumb friends. If you don't do it, who's going to do it? You have the response. Oh, man, I'm back in youth group. So maybe we need to fast to break the hold on some things. Maybe we need to change the diet. Maybe it's because we don't understand what we have and who we are and we haven't reflected. I hope I've given you enough pictures. But Paul says, put off the old and walk in the new. One last thing, I'm sorry. I remember growing up, maybe this is a Spanish thing or, or, or maybe, I don't know. I remember growing up, my mother had boxes of new stuff everywhere we we lived in a, in a railroad apartment and so we had a walk through closet that was like really really long and in that closet there were boxes there were new dishes there were new cups there were new curtains there were new bed sheets i see life spanish people laughing there must be a spanish thing and they and she would always i would always say mommy why why do we have all these cups why do we have all this new stuff oh, that's that's for that's for when we move that's for when we get the house that's for when we get another apartment. Why do we have, mama, there's new curtains, there's new bedsheets. That stuff, that joint is out of style like 10 years back because they've been new in a box. I said, but mommy, why do we have all this new stuff? That's when we, that's when we move. That's when we get the bigger apartment. That's where we're going to have everything new and she'll keep buying stuff. And there was all this new stuff. Unfortunately, by the time she got to move, my father had already passed. And I had already moved out. What she do with all the new stuff? See, we can have everything we ever wanted and not walk in it. Can I challenge you today to start walking in the new? Take off the old. Take off the old. Start walking. God, where it says put on the new like a garment. Your old stuff stinks. Your old stuff is so outdated. It's so last year. Sin is so last era. Verse 14, he says, wake up from your sleep. Climb out of your coffins and Christ will show you the light. We'll, we'll hold off on love. We'll talk about that next week. Amen. So worship team, you guys have already been here four hours. I'm sorry. Come on, can we just stand for a minute? Let me do all things. Can I just challenge you this week? You know, I'm not going to... To me, sometimes, 
you know, come in. Sometimes, that's, sometimes it's needed and sometimes it's pointless because what's the difference if we show something here but we don't show it outside? I want to challenge you today to not show it here but show it as you walk out. Take the old self off. If you need to come up, by all means, we'll be here. We'll pray for you. Please, always open. Always. I don't want to discourage anybody from, because sometimes we need to step out and, and be bold. And sometimes we need to be, and that's good. And so I'll never discourage that. But, but the real deal, if you need to come up, come up, take the old stuff off and walk out. Brand new. Brand new. Jesus said, I love you. Jesus died for us. He died so that we can live for him. He died for you so we can live for him. So if you need to take off the old stuff, take off the old stuff, man. That stuff stinks. And as we worship, just for a couple of uh, minutes before you leave, let, let's, um, let's put on the new. Let's, I mean, open it up. Take it out. It's going to have creases in it from being folded up for so long because some of you have been saved 25 years and you ain't walking it yet. But today it starts. Amen. Awake, O oh sleeper. Come out of your coffins and let God shine through you and let God shine on you. Come on, church. It's funny. Well, not funny. But I believe it's God's plan. And the song we had that we selected Thursday to close today is called All Things New. Just come drop off the old stuff and go.
if you're free today. And we are free. There's no chains, no chains. We are free. Your past is the past. It's gone away. It's a new day. All things are new today. desires to be more like you but in your grace in your grace you give us the opportunity to be more like you and we mess up and we mess up and we mess up but you give us grace and we get it right oh God so father we choose to serve you and to love you oh God even through the trials oh God but you said that you would never leave us, oh God. But you would be there with us, oh God. So with that fact, we draw closer to you. And know that everything, every obstacle in our life, oh God, we can overcome. Whether the obstacle of unity, we can overcome that. If there's an obstacle in the way of love, we can overcome that, oh God. Father, because that's who you are, that's your nature, that's your character. If you live within us, that's who we are, that's our nature, and now that's our character, oh God. So thank you, Lord, for being so patient with us. But we know that we are blessed to be a blessing. Have a wonderful week. One more thing. <laughs>